I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about the assassination of President William McKinley. So grab your revolver. And let's get civical. Hello, everybody. Oh, hello. I tried to start in my lower register to this time because I feel like I always start up here. You do. And And then what if I start down here? Yeah. I counter. I was like, I match. I match what you're doing. Exactly. Exactly. So hello. Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I'm Lizzie Stewart. I am Arden Wolentowski. Why are you doing like a voice with it? I just draw my register. You're literally doing an entire character. So I love that. I love that. I don't even know what to. I don't even know what to say to you right now. But this is this is let's get civical, and we are gonna oh be God. talking about. I think this is our favorite subject. I, Morbidly, it, I think this is like top three favorite subject. Oh, a hundred percent. Like I love a good monument. That's like a feel good situation. Mm-hmm. But like, give me an assassination, and I am I a mean, happy camper. Like it's a gift. Yeah, it's a not gift. to the and dead person, but to us. No, yes, no. My condolences. Yes, to them, but to us. <laughs> to us, this is this is where we shine. Yes, and I'm only basing this off of literally one other episode we've done on assassinations that will go down in let's get civical history. If you haven't listened to the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, you simply must. You simply it must. Is I mean, it is a wild ride. Mm-hmm. We re-aired it over the holidays because, yeah, I mean, lightning struck in that, in that. It really just. Recording. It it was, there was like, you know, some kind of perfect storm of. Yeah. Content and the energies in the room and all of that. And it was such a lit episode. I fucking love that one. And weirdly, what I'm realizing literally in this moment with you right now is like, this is it's almost exactly a year. Is it really? Because the the assassination of Abraham Lincoln was one of the last ones we recorded in person. It oh, wasn't the right. very last one, but yeah, it was yeah. like one of the last ones. And if You're I do so the math, correct. it was probably around this time that we recorded it. Yeah. So we're literally, I think it's good that we stick to one assassination per year. <laughs> <laughs> Let's 
let's not overwhelm the public. With- let's not overwhelm. <laughs> but it's crazy that we naturally came back to the topic of assassination. It's almost like we could feel the sense of impending doom. Do you know what I mean? Like sure, almost like sure. we could feel 2020 coming upon us and just leaned into murder. Yes, exactly right. Exactly mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And as we come up on the anniversary in like five, six days, a week, yeah. depending on like what you're considering the day of COVID anniversary, it feels yeah. right that again, we lean into murder. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love, and this is something we didn't talk about. I love that there is an entire term, that term being assassination, for truly just murdering of a public figure. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not the murder of Abraham Lincoln. It's the assassination. Like, yeah. it's just, it's interesting to me that we as a civilized society were like, no, no, we can't even use the word murder. This needs its own term. Yes assassination it's which special. is a great word it is a great it's a word great word it assassination also, it's the double s's like assassination that just feels so it's jazzy like, yeah it's jazzy it's like yeah not that we condone assassinating people but we don't we are not a pro assassination absolutely not but it is it's just the whole concept of the word and and what it it stands for you know because it is ultimately it's just murder Assassination murder. is murder, but like of a JFK figure. murder does not sound as good mm-hmm. as the JFK, as JFK assassination. Yes, Ooh. infinitely Very much more musical. Meaty. Yeah, yeah, has a lyricism to it. Yeah, exactly right, exactly right. Yes, completely. So agree. yeah, let's. I mean, I I'm so excited to talk about the assassination of William McKinley. Yes, who was a president who was assassinated. I feel like always gets overlooked. Yes. by Abraham Lincoln and JFK. So we're really giving Sir William McKinley space and yeah. time to talk about what happened to him. What happened to him? And then we're going to talk. He was a- fully assassinated. Fully assassinated. And then we're going to talk a little bit about him because aside from like not knowing a lot about his assassination, I could not tell you one thing about William McKinley before sure. this. The like, only thing I could tell you is that he was assassinated. He was assassinated. And that was it. And I feel like. Like, maybe it's interesting to be known for your assassination, but I also feel like he was a human. Right. Like, let's, right. what did he, he do? Did. Who was he about? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we know JFK and Abraham Lincoln for other things. Yes. I mean, obviously. The I affair with Marilyn Monroe. Vibe, like, yes. Uh, I mean, yes. I think we could say two things about JFK, the affair with Mar- Marilyn Monroe and that he was assassinated. And then Abraham Lincoln, you know, Civil War and was assassinated. Right. McKinley assassinated. assassinated. What's the what's the other thing? I have no idea. What's the deal? What's yep. the deal, Ali McBeal? So oh, let's jump on in and start taking a taking a closer look at this whole the whole William McKinley package. So, but before we do, do you want to talk about today's sources? Would love, would love. They're very simple today. Uh, like I love it. the majority of this is coming from history.com. Bless. There's uh, some stuff about William McKinley from Britannica and then some info about, like, what happened with the Secret Service. Ooh. Yeah, from Smithsonian, so. Ooh, you know I love Smithsonian, but I can't say. Yeah. They are a fun source. They are. But let's start off with just the simple facts. So the facts of the assassination, and this all is coming from history.com. So... On September 6th, 1901, setting the stage, William McKinley became the third U.S. president to be assassinated after he was fatally shot at the Pan-American Exposition in Buffalo, New York. So it was Abraham Lincoln. Who's the other one? Hold, please. Hold, please. (laughs) Oh, Garfield. Garfield oh, wow. happened. Wow, Garfield. Yeah. Oh my god, another one that we don't know a lot about. I mean, like you say Garfield, I see cat. Like this is not I know. <laughs> so sorry. Totally forgot. Totally forgot about your Garfield murder, James. So sorry. My absolute <laughs> apologies, James Garfield. You I mean, talk about somebody who gets overshadowed because he was very close to 
the Lincoln assassination. Lincoln was assassinated in 1865. Yes. And then Garfield was assassinated in 1881. Yep. So really 20 years apart for all three of these, because then McKinley was 1901. So we were on an assassination spree. Yep. Every 20 years. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and that's what, every like three presidents, give or take. Wasn't JFK 61? JFK was 62. 63. 63. All right. All right. We're off a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so we got our shit together a little bit oh. before JFK. Yeah. Wow. Every 20 years. That's crazy. Yep. So, so yeah. So it was Abraham Lincoln, James A. Garfield, and then William McKinley. So we'll talk about Sweet James in another we'll do, episode. Yeah, we'll do an episode on him. Obviously, you and I need to brush up <laughs> on James A. Garfield. <laughs> because we were like, who? Oh. Who was it? It was James. It was James. It was James. So sorry, James. I know. So McKinley... Third president to be assassinated after he was fatally shot at the Pan American Exposition in Buffalo, New York. So, like, the fact that this is happening in Buffalo, first and foremost. I mean... First of all, makes sense, but is just surprising to hear. It's just surprising to hear. I I feel like if I was going to get assassinated, I don't want it to be in Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, gosh. No. I would I rather, please, like, on a boardwalk. If you're going to do it. Please. Like, somewhere fun. Somewhere fun, an amusement park, a Six Flags. Like, don't make it at Buffalo. Don't make it at Buffalo, New York. (laughs) Sorry, Buffalo. (laughs) Continuing on, Buffalo's Pan American Exposition boasted everything from a nine-ton elephant to a 389-foot electric tower powered by nearby Niagara Falls, but few attractions had generated as much excitement as the two-day visit of President William McKinley. I mean, yeah, if I'm a president, I want to be able to outshine an elephant and a tower. Oh, like, yes. I'm the president. Obviously, the president. this is And the fact the that he was there for bag. two days, we have come a long way. Like, sure. this man was like, I got two days. What do you need? I'm here. Right. Well, I'm he's, here for you. I mean, if I'm McKinley, I'm like, I'm not going to travel all the way to Buffalo. Buffalo. And spend 12 hours. Like, we're going to stay for a second. Because you know he's having to come by train or something. You know, it's not not a quick trip to Buffalo from the White House. No. So the 58-year-old McKinley, also 58, love. Yeah. Young. Baby. Was fresh off of guiding the United States to victory in the Spanish-American War. Bless. Mm -hmm. And he had entered his second term of office as one of the most popular chief executives in decades. So McKinley is in a renaissance. Yeah, there's like all of the, most of the stuff that I read was like, people loved him. And I was like, he loved him. Like, we know nothing about, he is so, I know, like neglected and forgotten. And he was like a good one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's just, I'm just so glad we're talking about him. He was a good one. William, we're giving you space. Yeah. On September 5th, a record crowd of 116,000 people filed into the World's Fair to watch McKinley give a speech. That same evening, the expo put up a patriotic firework display that culminated with bursts of pyrotechnics that spelled out the words, Welcome President McKinley, Chief of Our Nation and our empire? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So bad. Hold on. Sorry. I've just entered a galaxy far, 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 far away. away. Yes. This is wild. Yeah. Our... Also, a long sentence to be doing in fireworks. I Right? I was like, how many? And especially like fireworks of like what, 1901. 1901. Like, this I know. isn't like the fireworks we have today where you can just, I mean... Yeah, but even Biden only had, like, President Biden, 46 president. You know, like, he didn't get a full sentence with punctuation. Like, this is is crazy. empire. Oh, my God. In our empire. (laughs) Sith Lord William McKinley. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. McKinley's final scheduled appearance at the expo began the following day, September 6th, when he attended a public meet and greet at a theater called the Temple of Music. Stop going to theaters, presidents. Yes, they do happen. I mean, not always, but did we not? You Only 40 years ago was Abraham Lincoln's assassination right. at Ford Theater. Yeah. Like, we've been Don't here go before. to theaters. No, we've been here before. The affable 
commander-in-chief rarely missed an opportunity to meet his constituents, but this particular event had worried his staff members, some of whom feared that an assassin might take the opportunity to strike. So here's what I have to say to all public figures. If your staff comes to you and is like, ugh, I think this might be an assassination moment. Like I'm having a feeling Mm -hmm. that somebody's going to try to assassinate you. Don't go to the event. No. Like that's such a particular gut feeling. Yes. You know? Yes. It's like, like, it's like when those hairs stand, stand up on the back of your neck and you're like, I feel unsafe. I shouldn't be here. This is not a correct place for me to be. I, you know what, Mr. President? I think we shouldn't be doing this. I think, I think we shouldn't we be shouldn't, doing this. You shouldn't go to this event. I'm I'm getting assassination vibes. I'm getting a real, like, sort of general sense that there might be an assassination attempt. Just yes. be like, you know what? Okay, let's cancel. Let's, let's, let's cancel. We'll do it. We'll do something else. We'll do something else. We'll do something something else. not in a theater, maybe. Yeah. The president's personal secretary, George B. Cortellu had even tried to cancel the reception on two separate occasions. Both times, McKinley had insisted that it remain on the schedule. I feel like if somebody comes to me and says, Lizzie, I need to cancel this. I think you're going to be assassinated. I'd say, sounds good. Sounds good to me. Sounds Sounds good. good No qualms. I'm good. I would have listened to George. You would have listened to George collectively. We Absolutely. would have listened to George. Like George why B. Why have knew what was up? Literally, why have a personal secretary if you're not going to take their advice yes. when it comes to situations where they think that somebody's going to try to capital M murder you? That is the only function of a personal secretary. Yes. In my opinion. Scheduling, assassination heads up. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I need somebody with a strong gut for assassinations. Yep. So it's September 6th at the Temple of Music. George has been like, yo, my man, stop. We got to stop this. We can't do this. We can't do this. You shouldn't do this meet and greet. So despite the sweltering late summer heat, a long line of people waited outside the Temple of Music when the reception began at 4 p.m. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. As the theater's organist played a Bach sonata... Hmm. No. Yeah, I no. know. I put, not music all, I want to die to. This is to. all screaming assassination. <laughs> what else plays right before somebody's about to die? A box sonata. sonata. Like, come I on. just, come on. I want to die to, like, something, uh, like, I don't know, something fun. Like, I... I want to die to Enya, man. Like, let's go. <laughs> Enya. <laughs> Oh, my God. So as the theater's organist played a box sonata, the visitors slowly filed inside, many of them eager for a chance to meet the president and shake his hand. Very exciting stuff. Very, very exciting. Near the front of the line stood 28-year-old Leon Cholgosh, who was a shy, oh, Lizzie, and brooding former steel worker. A shy and brooding former steel worker? I... <laughs> The hundred percent. This is an assassin. Oh that is code for assassin. an assassin. A shy and brooding former steel worker. Oh, oh my god. god. Oh my okay. god. I have a okay. feeling that this man is hot and that we're gonna have to do I, a side by side comparison. We're gonna do a side by side, but I just we're gonna finish this bullet point and then I'm gonna look up what Leon Cholgosh okay. looks like Great. and see if he is Anywhere near as hot as the as the assassin from the Lincoln assassination Great. attempt. Keep going. Okay, so he was an avowed anarchist, and Cholgosh. Had sure. A, she, uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, like correct. December Tyrannus. Like, what yeah. do we see a theme? Cholgosh had arrived in Buffalo only a few days earlier and purchased a 32 caliber Ivor Johnson revolver, the same type of weapon that another anarchist had used to assassinate the Italian king. Umberto the previous summer. So I mean, so he, you know, talk about he's learning from his is, from his fellow what, assassins. Sure. He was like, what they all got together and they were like, what do you like to use? <laughs> What's your what a 32 you? caliber? All right. All right. I mean that sounds good to me. Literally I mean, like, anything at close range is gonna do the trick, you know. Yeah. But I do love that that we've we've sort of drawn a parallel that the same weapon that assassinated the Italian king is the same type of weapon that is being used on William McKinley. Yeah. 
I love that. Okay, let's do the thing that we're all waiting to do and look up a picture of Leon Cholgosh. Colgosh. Oh, gosh. Is he hot? We'll see. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So not as... I would say he is relatively attractive, but I'm not getting the same tingling sensation that I got with Lewis Powell. I do think that what you're missing here, first of all, the Lewis Powell photo. That was, I mean. It's the position of that photo. It's he's. I mean, he's literally like slinked back back. in the chair with the legs spread. Like. Yeah. I mean, this guy's wearing a tie for God's sake. He's wearing a tie. He looks very former, former steel workery. This one from spartacuseducational.com with him behind oh do you see that God. look at that photo that is hysterical that okay is... guys we'll be posting this picture in particular yes absolutely oh my wild. god they couldn't have <laughs> leon don't hold on to the bars like that like or stand up straight like he's clearly like peering he's like, down oh, somebody help me i'm behind the bars behind like, the yeah, bars. dude you sh- you killed the president man you're gonna go behind the if bars you're gonna go behind the bars you're probably gonna get murdered yourself like i mean this is not in point the, the point the point is that he did murder the president so he's not obviously a good person right but we just wanted to see how he stood up against the assassins that we already knew. Yeah. I would say he's I would say he's about the same level of attractiveness that John Wilkes Booth is. I think maybe John Wilkes oh. Booth is a little bit above uh-huh. him. And then of course Lewis Powell is like I mean way above. That jo- I mean, he's Powell the guy is to a beat. bad boy. Capital B capital. And he didn't B. even like actually fully assassinate somebody. He only attempted. He didn't he yeah. wasn't successful. But wow. Wow. Okay. Carry on. So Leon Cholgosh, he's in line waiting to meet the president. He waited with a gun, with the, the 32 caliber gun wrapped in a white handkerchief and concealed inside his jacket pocket. He said, quote, it was in my heart. There was no escape for me. All those people seemed bowing to the great ruler. I made up my mind to kill that ruler. Close quote. I mean, you know, if you're going to do it. Then you like you gotta have, I, you gotta have. Like a, I don't want anybody. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna go through with killing the president, like see it all the way through. Be like, yes, this is my my full body decision. I will have no regrets. <laughs> this is it. This is it. I mean, you would have to if you had any regrets or didn't think it was like the right. Not that I'm saying it's the right thing, but like if you didn't believe in the action, like you probably right. wouldn't do it. Right. Well, it also just makes you, like, so much more lame, you know? Like, <laughs> like, come on, dude. I'm not going to feel sorry for you now because you have regret. It's like, no. No. Go in with your head held high and be like, I, I, I did exactly what I wanted to do. Yep. Which seems like where this guy's at. We'll see if he, we'll see if he stays steady. Yep. This is where he's at. He's very much, this is my mission. McKinley's anxious staff had added police and soldiers to his usual complement of Secret Service agents, because remember, the Secret Service came out of the Lincoln assassination. Mm-hmm. But the security detail took little notice of Colgosh as he strode up to the president around 4.07 p.m. I'm amazed by the specificity of the timing, but okay. Well, because somebody, <laughs> they heard the gunshots and they were like, it's 4.07! <laughs> <laughs> Remember the time. <laughs> note the time. Somebody note the time. Very specific. Very specific. So when McKinley smiled and extended his hand to Colgosh, Colgosh raised his pistol, still wrapped in the white handkerchief, and fired two shots at point blank range at the president. Sure. Yeah. This is why it's like, what? why are we noting the type of gun he used? Anything would have killed the president at point blank range, barring it not going off (laughs) right right. barring a gun jam it doesn't really he could have i mean honestly i mean he probably could have stabbed him at that point and done almost as much damage because it was so close there was an instant of almost complete silence like the hush that follows a clap of thunder the new york times later wrote the president stood stock still a look of hesitancy almost bewilderment on his face he retreated a step while a pallor began to steal over his features. The multitude seemed only partially aware that something serious had happened, close quote. So that's, uh, I think, all coming from the New York Times via history.com. 
But yeah, so like the description of this man being shot is like he turned ash white. And then a hush flew over the crowd. A hush flew over the crowd. He took a step back. Nobody was entirely aware of what had happened. There was literally one person in that audience who like looked over to their friend and was like, did he just get shot? I think that was a shot, but he's still standing. Nobody's jumping into action. <laughs> There's literally somebody who knows exactly what's happening, and they're like, this is crazy that nobody's <laughs> reacting. <laughs> like, oh, I think he just got shot. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh my god. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine erstwhile monk-turned-traveling-medical-investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. The stillness was only broken when James, Big Jim Parker, oh no, a tall African-American man who had been waiting in line, punched Colgosh and prevented him from firing a third shot. Okay, so shout out to James, Big Jim Parker Parker for for being the only person who's like, um, he just shot the president. (laughs) I'm just going to go ahead and punch him if that's good with everybody else. Mind you, there's not only Secret Service, but additional police and security who have yet to step into action. Who have yet to even notice. Private citizen Jim was like, I'm just going to punch him. Right. Y'all don't got this? I got this. Pow, pow. And then we'll kind of take it from there. Yes. Thank you, Big Jim. A host of soldiers and detectives also pounced on the assassin and began beating him to a pulp. Sorry, guys. Too little, too late. Too, late. too little, too late. I mean, come on. You, you a little, a little slow on the draw there. Yes. It took an order from McKinley before they finally stopped and dragged Kolgosh from the room. So there's a shot. Silence. McKinley is standing there bleeding, being like, oh my gosh. Oh my god. James, big Jim Parker, is like. Let me just punch him real quick. <laughs> then the detectives pounce on him. Everybody starts beating him up. Yeah. McKinley's like, that's enough. I'm dying. Let's reel it back. I think we're good. I think he's down. Can we attend to my life-threatening wound now, please? Yeah. By the point that McKinley tells everybody to stop beating up the assassin... Blood was pouring from the president's stomach and darkening his white formal vest. My wife, he managed to say to his private secretary. Be careful how you tell her. Oh, be careful. Which is sweet. I mean, he's, so he sweet. at this point obviously like knows this is it. And he's yeah. like, literally, sit her down. Be very gentle. She's yeah. going to take this news poorly. Yes. Very sad. 
A few minutes after the shooting, McKinley was carried from the Temple of Music and taken to the Pan American Ex- Expositions Hospital. Just a few minutes? You guys, let's go. Get it into gear. Yeah. Like, no wonder McKinley didn't make it. Nobody sprung into there action. There was time wasted. There was nobody noticed. I just... And there's and no excuse like, because we had already had the the Abraham Lincoln assassination. So clearly we have not learned from our mistakes here. No, it's... In 40 years, we have not come very far. The only qualified doctor that could be found was a gynecologist. <sighs> Which begs the question, was he qualified? <laughs> Well, begs the question, to the why was there only a gynecologist at the World's Fair Exposition, whatever this thing is going on in Buffalo, New York? They were like, we need a doctor. And there's this one guy being like, I'm a gynecologist. All right. Come on. That's, it's insane to me that that after the Lincoln assassination, like we add security and we didn't think to add a physician, physician? or doctor yeah. to the president's detail like detail yes to his entourage i just feel like what if he falls and breaks a leg what if he's sick we don't want to be like trump literally buffalo like anybody got a physician anybody a physician here (laughs) yeah no no gynecologist well he's not pregnant but sure come on down like yeah so yeah the only qualified doctor is a gynecologist but the president was nevertheless rushed into an operating theater for emergency surgery this is the gynecologist worst nightmare nightmare is to literally be called upon to assist the president of the united states who has just been shot and to try to save his life yeah one of the bullets appeared to have ricocheted off of one of mckinley's suit buttons and hit his sternum causing only minor damage which that's crazy that's nuts shout out to that button yeah Going above and beyond the call of duty. <laughs> really taking one doing for the team. Doing more for the president than the entire security detail. The Seriously. only person doing as much as that button was Big Jim Parker, who punched the assassin after he shot the president. <laughs> the other bullet had struck his abdomen and passed clean through his stomach. The surgeon managed to suture the stomach wounds and stop the bleeding, but he was unable to locate the bullet, which he assumed was lodged somewhere in the president's back. So that is obviously no good. No good. Definitely would prefer a clear exit wound. A yes. bullet lodged in the back is... Not good. Not good. Too close to the spine. Good. It could not move. Good. You don't want a foreign object in a body. Sometimes you can... No, I mean, no. like, you know, you can cause more damage taking it out. But, you know, like, just feel like it's not good having a it's bullet near your back. Even with the 32 caliber slug still inside him, McKinley seemed to be on the mend in the days after the shooting. So unlike Abraham Lincoln, who died the next day, McKinley is holding on. McKinley might be, he might recover. Yeah, he lived for like like a week almost. Yeah. Yeah. Doctors gave enthusiastic updates on his condition as he convalesced in the expo's president's home and newspapers reported that he was awake, alert, and even reading the newspapers. Oh, okay, awesome. newspapers. Like, shout out to McKinley. Yeah. Vice President Theodore Roosevelt was so pleased with McKinley's progress that he took off on a camping trip to the Adirondack Mountains. He's like, So oh, Teddy Roosevelt. He's doing great. I'm going to go camping now. Yep. That McKinley is on the mend. Yep. By September 13th, however, so this is... Seven days. Seven days. Seven days after. So he was shot on the 6th. This is now September 13th. McKinley's condition had become increasingly desperate. So we're taking a turn for the worse. Yes. Gangrene had formed on the walls of the president's stomach and brought on a severe case of blood poisoning. So yeah, this is 1901. People get gangrene. This is what happens. Yep. I doubt that whatever he was operated on was sterile. No. Not at all. In a matter of hours, he grew weak and began losing consciousness. At 2.15 a.m. on September 14th, he died with his wife, Ida, by his side. So I think the only kind of silver lining is, like, at, at least Ida got to be at there. At least it Ida got like to be there. like they were close. At least he got several days with her and that, like, it wasn't this thing of, you know, his secretary had to go to her and say, I'm sorry, ma'am. Your husband is dead. Like, at least she got to kind of be there as he transitioned out of this life. 
Oh, McKinley. I know. It's so sad. It's so sad. But we still have an assassin. We still have an assassin to deal with. Yeah. So by the time of McKinley's death, Leon Kolgosh had already spent several days in a Buffalo jail cell undergoing interrogation by police. The Michigan native said he had pulled the trigger out of a desire to contribute to the anarchist cause. Quote, I don't believe in the Republican form of government, and I don't believe we should have any rulers, he said in his confession. Quote, it is right to kill them, close quote. I... Again, I mean, he's sticking to his, he's sticking to his thing. He's sticking what do to you say his to that? beliefs, I, as immoral and wrong as they are. Oh, for sure. I mean, this guy is absolutely scum of the earth yes. and he's just it's so crazy to me that he's like yeah it's the it is yeah, right it's right to it kill is them. absolutely to kill correct them. to kill him yeah probably like fully this is like a early sociopath oh yeah like just absolutely like, no there's something there's something like neuro atypical about this this young gentleman yes also like if you told me there were like unsolved murders possibly attributable to him would 100% believe. Of course. 100% of course. believe. Absolutely. Yep. Kolgosh claimed that he had stalked McKinley across Buffalo for two days and had nearly shot him during his arrival at the train station and his September 5th and at his September 5th speech at the fairgrounds. He was also adamant that he had acted alone. So he wants the credit quote. I killed president McKinley because I'd done my duty. Close quote. Like, he's not sharing, he, like, he thinks this is great, and he's not sharing, yeah. like, his fucked up glory with anybody. He's like, nope, just me. Yeah. I did it. Me. Just me. Just me. I was just kind of, like, thinking, what could I do to serve my fellow mankind? And I landed on that I should kill President McKinley. Yes, I landed. And so I did. Quite firmly on murder. On murder mm-hmm. of the President of the United States, and so I did. Yeah. And that's it. And that's it. I, I mean, it's like, you're what welcome. do you say to that if you're the police? You're just like okay because like literally every time you you say but why did you kill the president because i it was right to yeah we shouldn't have rulers and therefore i killed him cool cool so great anybody else help you no this was all me bro okay okay i'm just gonna Look at my notes to see if there's anything else. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's you, you it know? for the day. Uh, seems like you're insane. Yeah. Oh, they're coming to get me. Oh, <laughs> they heard you talking. <laughs> they heard you talking. So he's like, I done my duty. His obviously he went to trial. Uh, his trial <laughs> began. I mean, like, what are you gonna let him go? Absolutely not. Uh, obsessed with this. Yeah. Obsessed with this. Yeah. His trial began on September 23rd, 1901, during which the judge rejected his attempt to plead guilty. The proceedings lasted just eight hours, and the defense attorneys, whom Kolgosh refused to help, called no witnesses. Sure. I mean, what are you going to say? You had a crowded room of people watch this guy shoot the president. They literally all stood there as he held the gun with nobody moving. Yep. There's like a, a hundreds and hundreds of witnesses. You have big Jim Parker who punched him in the face to be like, yeah, it was the guy. That's the guy. That's the guy I hit because he shot McKinley. So yeah, it was kind of a one, two situation there. <laughs> like, what do you, well, there is no defense. He's like, you could call like a, you know, like a mental health witness, like to do like it, whatever. No, like, this is 1901. But this is 1901. Like, what are you going to, that wasn't a thing. They didn't care about psychopaths and whatever they didn't even know that existed i love i do love this idea that the judge was like i'm not even yeah we all know you're guilty but we're still gonna do this we're gonna try you we're still gonna prove you guilty and then i'm gonna sentence you oh yeah i'm not gonna you're not gonna get out of this honey no we're gonna go through the entire thing yeah this judge was like you don't kill a president and get to walk the fuck away no pleading guilty it's 1901 yes no we're 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 hardcore into revenge at the moment. So after some 30 minutes of deliberation, the jury found Kolgosh guilty. Surprise, surprise. Sure. And he surprise was, it took him 30 minutes. I know. And he was given a death, a death sentence. He was later taken to Auburn state prison in West central New York, where he was killed by electrocution on October 29th, 1901. They did not let that man live long. That man lived. Oh, dang. Yeah. That was quick. Sure. This is, I mean, this is 1901. We are 
We're like, you're you're put to death. All right, boom, come we're on, gonna, crank him through. We're gonna do it right now. Yep, yep. Reportedly, his last words were, "quote I killed the president because he was the enemy of the good people, the working people." Close quote. I mean, I mean, stay. He's sticking to his theme through he's and through. Sticking to his theme, he hasn't wavered. So that's true. Yeah. Before Kolgash was buried in an unmarked grave at the prison, his body was covered with sulfuric acid, causing it to disintegrate. God, we're so petty. We're like, not only are we going to put you in an unmarked grave, we're going to put acid on you. Yeah. Just because. Like, uh, the body, yes, does decompose. Mm-hmm. But you killed the president, so we're going to make it quicker. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Hope you didn't... <laughs> hope you weren't planning on seeing the sun again or, you know, whatever. I mean, it's like, wow. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. So one more thing to talk about is the role of the Secret Service. <laughs> or the lack of <laughs> the lack yeah the lack of the participation of the secret service sure sure so this part is coming from smithsonian magazine at the time the secret service was mostly a branch of the treasury department that investigated counterfeiting but they were also <laughs> responsible for the president's protection which just I seems i mean here stupid. is already the problem this is where <laughs> this we... is why mckinley was shot <laughs> Because the guys protecting him were also supposed to be like, that $20 bill is fake. It's counterfeit. Yep. No. Yep. Not. No, no. This was not. This was yes. not. No, no. No, no. We can see the issue here. Yes. Still, there was no systematic plan. A problem. A problem that seems to be yes. a recurring theme with U.S. Dot. No systematic yes. plans. <laughs> Correct. A document given to World's Fair organizers before the president's visit details that, quote, the president will receive with such persons as he may designate and makes no mention of the Secret Service. So, like, mm-hmm. they had no they, they had no plans. They had no plans. This was they not they a well it. thought out. This was, like, we're flying by the seat of our pants kind of a deal. Normally, anybody who was coming near the president was required to have empty hands and present themselves to whomever was guarding him for inspection before approaching. So nothing in the hands. Seems reasonable. Seems reasonable. Nothing in the hands. Pat him down. Yeah. Present. I present myself to you so I can go see McKinley. Mm-hmm. But because it was so hot, the rules were waived. A problem. <laughs> a problem. I'm Who? just saying you gotta you gotta stay consistent. You can't be a fair weather fan here. You no. gotta <laughs> There are rules for a reason. We have there red lights and stoplights for a reason. Because if we all yep. went everywhere all the time, we would have car crashes. Like Especially if it's hot or cold. You can't yeah. you can't just the weather can't you can't blame it on the weather. No. No. It's hot. You don't have to show me your hands. It's too hot. It's too hot. What the fuck is that? So people were allowed, because it was hot, people were allowed to continue carrying handkerchiefs to wipe the sweat off of their faces, which made a perfect hiding place for a gun. Because as we recall- Use your, use your shirt. Use your shirt. Wipe the sweat with your shirt. Everybody's got a shirt Everybody's on. Everybody's got a shirt. Everybody's got a thingy, a arm to wipe. Wipe it on your shirt. Everybody sleep. should have an arm, but who knows? This is after the Spanish-American War, so we might have lost a couple. <laughs> a couple, probably. You know. I know. Yep. Also, while a Secret Service agent would normally have stood on the president's left, he had been replaced by a local guard who could tell McKinley the names of local dignitaries. These factors both contributed to the assassination. So they're like... Sorry, the local dignitaries of Buffalo? (laughs) (laughs) This here, this is the mayor. This is the head of the council. the uh, comptroller (laughs) stepping up to the right. (laughs) He has three daughters. (laughs) I just, oh God, it's just, it's so sad. Like he, the man didn't have to get shot. The man didn't have to die. Like no, everybody failed him. Everybody, everybody failed gets an F for man. security. Yeah. After McKinley's shooting, the Secret Service formally became the protector of the president. Really, because they did sure. such a good job. Let's promote them. Right. Well, th- I mean, I think it was literally more like, all right, we actually need to have you guys focus only on this, and and we actually should sort of revamp how we focus on this. Yes. Let's give let's give the spotting the fake five dollar bills to somebody else, to somebody else, to somebody else. Secret Service. I think you just you focus on the thing that you really do poorly, which is protecting the president. So let's get you maybe a little bit more training, a little bit more forethought. Absolutely, absolutely. So after they, you know, got promoted basically to the official protector of the president, their first task became guarding Teddy Roosevelt, who was shot. 
who did not was not assassinated, but fully there was an assassination attempt, and he was fully shot, recovered. But so I would call. I would say the Secret Service is over too right now. I really would say yes. That we've we've got some. We don't know what happened with Garfield. They could be over three. We don't know what happened with Garfield. They could. I mean, yeah, they're definitely. I would say. It took them a while to get under to get to get their their ducks in a row. Yeah, this is not me shitting on the Secret Service. I think you guys love what you do, but in this time, this period of Secret Service, really rocky. I would say rocky start. Rocky start. Rocky not start. A good performance review. Definitely would no. not be getting your annual raise. Yeah. So let's, we're going to close out this episode just giving space, as Arden talked about at the top, to who McKinley was. Like, what like what he did as president, who he was, just a little bit about him. Because, like Arden said, what I know about him is that he was assassinated and nothing more. So this is kind of like fun facts, fun facts, fun facts, fun facts, fun facts, McKinley edition. Mm, nice segue. So this is coming from Britannica. So William McKinley was born on January 29th, 1843 in Niles, Ohio. He was the 25th president of the United States. So from 1897 to obviously 1901 when he was assassinated. Under McKinley's leadership, the United States went to war against Spain in 1898 and thereby acquired a global empire, which included Puerto Rico, Guam and the Philippines. So Ooh. from the Spanish-American War, we got territories. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yep. McKinley was the son of William McKinley Sr., a manager of a charcoal furnace and a small-scale iron founder, and Nancy Allison. So comes from kind of a blue-collar yeah, blue collar background. background. 18 years old at the start of the Civil War, McKinley enlisted in an Ohio regiment under the command of Rutherford B. Hayes, another former president. He was promoted to second lieutenant for his bravery in the Battle of Antietam in 1862, and he was discharged with a brevet major in 1865. Returning to Ohio, he studied law and was admitted to the bar in 1867 and opened a law office in in Ohio, where he resided, except for his years in Washington, D.C., for the rest of his life. So he split his time between Canton, Ohio, and D.C. Yep. McKinley served in the House of Representatives until 1891, failing re-election only twice. In 1882, when he was temporarily unseated in an extremely close election, and in 1890, when Democrats gerrymandered his district. Yeah. Gerrymandering has been a problem for our entire history. A very, very long time indeed. A very, very long time. The issue with which McKinley became most closely identified during his congressional years was the protective tariff, a high tax on imported goods which served to protect American manufacturers from foreign competition. I love it. Yeah. While it was only natural for a Republican from a rapidly industrializing state to favor protection, McKinley's supported reflected more than his party's pro-business bias. A genuinely compassionate man, McKinley cared about the well-being of American workers, and he always insisted that a high tariff was necessary to assure high wages. As chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, he was the principal sponsor of the McKinley Tariff of, ni- of 1890, which raised duties higher than they had ever been at any previous time. I love if you're going to make a tariff, name it after yourself. Yes. You know, that's what I say. Yep. Yet, by the end of his presidency, McKinley had become a convert to commercial reciprocity among nations, recognizing that Americans must buy products from other countries in order to sustain the sales of American goods abroad. Yeah. So obviously went on a journey, was like, like high, high tariffs. And then he was like, well, in order to sustain a global economy, we also have to buy and sell. So from foreign uh, manufacturers. Yes. And that's just kind of a little bit about him. That's about like we said, war hero. Yeah. Civil war hero. Yeah. Spanish American war leader. Yeah. Goddess Guam, Puerto Rico, and the Philippines. Obviously, we don't have the Philippines anymore. But, you know. Yeah. 
was at the height of his height of his celebrity when he was shot and murdered. Murder. I mean, very surprising. Very surprising stuff about this one. Uh, yeah, Definitely. I mean, like, I, I mean, I just like somebody being that mad at McKinley also just seems like so bizarre. <laughs> right. Like, what did he do that you were mad at, honey? Like, just because I know, he's I know, president. Like, what? Yeah, I'm kind of like, what is it? I mean, it, it sounds like to me, it could it could have been anybody, right? Yes. But McKinley was just the per. It was like the idea of president. Yes, you that's know? what it sounds like to it me. It wasn't McKinley. It was the president. Whereas I feel like for Abraham, it was because of, a- it was Abraham Lincoln that yes. he wanted to kill. You know, it was, yeah. it was about the specific people, not necessarily like the offices that they represent. No. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's what's so like uh, interesting about this one in comparison to our other assassin episode. And who knows what James Garfield was about? Obviously, we don't. But well, I can't wait we to find We're going to have to like, we're going to have to, we're going to have to do that one. We're going to have to do that one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But you guys, that is the assassination of William McKinley. Wow. Talk about a bang bang. Yep. Talk about a banger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But um, as always, if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. You can rate us. You can review us. You can subscribe to us. We love you so, so much. And we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.